Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Tuesday edition of the program. A little bit of concerning breaking news just before we came on today. Bronny James, the son of NBA legend LeBron James, uh, had cardiac arrest on Monday morning at USC during a practice. Uh, The news just now getting out. He is stable, out of ICU, according to a report that I read from ESPN but uh, definitely a concerning situation, Uh, something you hear of more often, cardiac arrest associated with basketball and with sports in general. But uh, to hear about it with the son of LeBron James, obviously none of it's good, but really raises the radar and makes you think twice about things. So uh, thoughts and prayers to LeBron James' family, obviously his son, Bronny. Uh, Let's hope that he recovers. He's a prospect that really has gained steam, I think, over the last year or so. Remember, he really considered Ohio State as his college destination, uh, ended up choosing USC. Uh, will we ever see Bronny and LeBron in the NBA together on the same team? A lot of people think that LeBron will hang around and try to negotiate and make that happen, but obviously some very concerning news. Whenever you hear anything cardiac-related, especially the words cardiac arrest, obviously something serious. So uh, glad to see that he already has uh, advanced to a stable condition, that he is no longer in ICU, but obviously some concerning moments uh, for Bronny James, a young freshman to be at USC with a bright college and who knows, perhaps professional career ahead of him. Uh, you just don't expect to see a headline come across like that. So again, thoughts and prayers to Bronny and his family as uh, he recovers from a, a scary situation. Let's look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, lots of things to cover today. IU basketball, we'll look at the team for next season. Anthony uh, Walker from Miami is now on campus for the Hoosiers. Uh, so the full team for next year, we believe, is in Bloomington at this point. We'll talk about that. Also, the NCAA College Basketball Academies are underway. Uh, the IU coaches have been down in Memphis, at least a few of the assistant coaches, watching some prospects there. So we'll update you on the latest from that stuff. Big Ten Football Media Days coming up Wednesday and Thursday. So a lot of football talk later this week, especially associated with the Big Ten Conference Indiana gets their time at the podium on Thursday, but we'll look at some media, a preseason Big Ten poll, uh, not a good ranking, not a good estimate uh, for the Hoosiers coming out of the Big Ten East by media, and we'll look at some other things as well coming up here in just a bit. Also tonight, Highlander Youth Recreation will play for a Little League State Championship 
in the 12-year-old Major League Division. I always say this, it's the main division of Little League Baseball that eventually moves on to Williamsport, Pennsylvania for the Little League World Series later this summer. HYR one game away from taking a step forward in that process. If they could win tonight, they will take on, uh, or they will advance, I should say, to the Great Lakes Regional, which is also in Indiana, and uh, HYR will take on Bedford tonight. That game is in Jeffersonville, so if you're a local fan of baseball or a Floyd Central fan or just want to see some good Little League baseball with a lot on the line for these 12-year-olds, you can head out to Jeff GRC Little League tonight. Should be a big game, should be a fun game. I know Bedford is coached by Jeff Callahan. He's the uh, athletic director at Bedford North Lawrence High School, also the baseball coach there, so he's pumped up about the big game tonight as well. It's a little preview, some Floyd Central players in the future potentially against uh, some Bedford guys in the future, squaring off in a big Little League baseball game tonight. Also later today, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier will drop by with Mike. We'll catch up on anything related to IU basketball. We'll get into the Big Ten and IU football as well with Media Day is getting ready to get underway a little bit later this week. And that's the lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Let's get into our headlines today. First, Anthony Walker, Miami transfer, now on campus in Bloomington as of Monday. Six foot nine forward, committed to Indiana back on April 29th. I believe he had some uh, graduate school duties to finish up before he could officially become a graduate transfer and exit Miami, but he obviously got those things done and is now in Bloomington. So Indiana, we think, and the reason I say it that way is, we think the roster is set because technically there is one open scholarship for next season, but barring some sort of crazy late addition, uh, which is always possible in this new world of college basketball, the roster is set for next year. The team is now in Bloomington for next year. And when I think about Anthony Walker, I remember him somewhat from the Miami team the past few seasons. I think of a guy that uh, could contribute, could help Indiana. I do see him, and I think other people agree with this that know a lot more than I do, I do see him likely as probably the sixth man for this Indiana team unless something changes or there are injuries. But I think he could be a very much a contributing uh, sixth man to the team this season, and it'll be interesting to see how he transfers to Indiana, uses those experiences from Miami in the Big Ten Conference. Of course, he was not a key part, not an integral part, but he did play minutes for Miami, who advanced to the Final Four this past season. Miami tied for the ACC regular season conference championship as well. Of course, Indiana faced Walker and Miami in the NCAA tournament this year. Uh, Walker, who's from Baltimore, he had four points and two rebounds in that game and uh, saw nine minutes of action against Indiana. So he's been a part, of course, the year before Miami went to the Elite Eight, he's been a part of some uh, key tournament runs, and uh, he's been a reserve. He's been 
I guess maybe a role player is a fair way to describe Walker's contributions uh, at Miami, but definitely an interesting addition to Indiana, especially when you're not counting on him to come in and be a starter. If he's someone that's going to come off the bench as a sixth or seventh man, uh, seems like a pretty good fit for Indiana, so we'll see. But Walker is now in Bloomington, and I was reading a story yesterday as uh, the season draws a little closer, and the guys are now all on campus working out with Cliff Marshall. We get a lot of workout videos. We see some of the grueling stuff that they are going through trying to get their bodies ready for a tough season of college basketball ahead. But I was reading a story yesterday on Peegs about Ja'Kai Newton, uh, incoming freshman from Newton High School down in Covington, Georgia. We all know if you followed his high school career that he missed a great part of his senior year because of an injury, uh, a knee injury. But he, uh, in a few interviews recently, has really opened up about that situation and has described about uh, how serious it was and how he did come back and play a couple weeks late in his high school senior year. Maybe he shouldn't have done that given the in- the uh, injury, given the severity of things. It was a micro fracture, if you know what those are, tough to treat tough to overcome, can be up to a nine-month recovery for those. So let's hope that in addition to getting his body ready for the Big Ten, Newton is able to get the rest that he needs to be healthy because he does seem like a freshman that is intriguing in the conference. It'll be interesting to see how he fits in, uh, what his role as a freshman could be. But he is someone, as I talk to people that see and are connected a little bit to things, I think people are excited about maybe not this year, uh, but down the line what he could be uh, at Indiana and how he could fit into the conference. So uh, interesting to learn more about his injury, why he missed so much of his senior year. He did, as I mentioned, make that couple week return for some of his final games. And that may or may not have been a good decision as far as his health is concerned uh, for the future and for his uh, freshman year of college basketball. But He's definitely a guy, I think, to keep an eye on. I know there's a lot of buzz about C.J. Gunn this offseason. He's an in-state guy, and I agree. It's going to be interesting to see in year two how he develops. But Ja'Kai Newton, really a guy I'm curious to see as a freshman and more so as a sophomore and junior what he could be at Indiana. One good note for IU women's basketball and Coach Terry Morin. She is a part of another gold medal team wearing the USA jersey at the FIBA Under-19 Women's Championship. She was an assistant coach for the squad this season and is now a gold medalist, I believe, for a second time. The head coach of the Under-19 Women's Team, Joni Taylor, who is the coach at Texas A&M, and this was in Madrid, Spain, and uh, USA defeated Spain 69-66 in the final game. So it was a very competitive gold medal championship third straight gold medal the usa women's under 19 national team has won at the event second for more and i thought she had won one a year ago with the under 18 team in the women's world cup championship but good to see coach more i don't believe any indiana players on the team but she's in that connection of usa basketball and that's never a bad thing and keep in mind i was thinking about this last night reading about Coach Morin's team winning a gold medal. 
you know, she's around a lot of key players that are either returning for a sophomore season or entering college basketball as a freshman. And with how the transfer portal is, relationships that she builds during a gold medal championship run when someone is unhappy or does want to make a change or their coach leaves and they're open again to moving schools, uh, these connections are important. We've seen John Calipari. We've seen others be successful with that on the men's side. And so uh, for Coach Morin, yes, this is good experience. It's good networking. It's good PR for IU women's basketball. But in the new world of college basketball, as I always say, uh, and the transfer portal and its importance to everything, it could pay dividends down the line as well with some of these young ladies that she is working with. Little League Baseball tonight, let's set the scene for you. Highlander Youth Recreation will take on Bedford in the state championship game of 12-year-old major baseball at Jeff GRC Little League Memorial Park in Jeffersonville. Last night, HYR got past Jasper 2-1 in, in the Pool A championship game, which is essentially a semifinal game. Uh, 10-team modified double elimination state tournament taking place and Highlander Youth Recreation, as I mentioned at the top of the show. They will take on Bedford Little League, and Bedford had an exciting finish last night. They came from behind in the bottom of the sixth inning, which is regulation in that division of Little League Baseball, to beat Brownsburg 6-5 to five in the Pool B championship game. And now the teams will meet tonight at 6, Memorial Park at Jeffersonville. If you've got some Little Leaguers, even if they're from New Albany, Silver Creek, Charlestown, Clarksville, wherever in southern Indiana, take them to the game tonight. It's free. It's a lot of fun. Visit the concession stand. A competitive game for sure. I believe both teams have their best pitcher set up for tonight. So it should be a great state championship game. The winner moves on to represent the state of Indiana in the Great Lakes Regional Tournament coming up a little bit later this month or actually next month. And then, of course, the winner of the Great Lakes Regional represents Indiana potentially and the Great Lakes region at the Little League World Series in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. So we'll see how it plays out. HYR has had a really good stretch the last few years, winning a lot of these district tournaments, having great runs and winning some state championships as well. Floyd's Knobs Community Club, which is the softball arm of the same league, they have had all sorts of success once again this summer in Little League softball at the state tournament levels and beyond. So good luck to our local team, HYR, trying to continue the tradition of New Albany, Silver Creek, HYR, and Jeffersonville GRC. Those four have been really tough in Little League Baseball. New Albany had some great runs. Before that, Jeff had great runs most recently. Silver Creek has done some great things in Little League Baseball. And now we'll see if this HYR team can make a run to the Great Lakes Regional and maybe beyond. So uh, good luck to HYR tonight in the state championship game. Also tonight, the Ville in the TBT, the $1 million tournament, they begin play at Freedom Hall. The Ville, their game tips off tonight. I believe it's uh, 7 o'clock, and they will take on a team of basically Auburn alumni. So the Ville, the higher seed, obviously playing at home for whatever home court advantage is worth in a situation like this. I tell you what, the 6,500 to 7,000 fans expected tonight. A lot of media expected tonight. I think it will be a good environment at Freedom Hall for some summer basketball. There's rumors that uh, Kenny Payne, the UofL team, and assistant coaches might be there. 
I think it'll be a good scene for basketball. And as we talk about this and enjoy some TBT hoops, let's hope that next year we have an Indiana alumni team to follow this time of year. Maybe Assembly Hall could be a host of a regional at some point in the future of the TBT. But it'll be interesting to see how the Ville team uh, plays. And Kyle Curick from down at Evansville, who was really a surprise recruit, was a big-time player for Louisville, uh, has had just a fantastic overseas career. He is still playing. You heard Coach Lieberman on our show yesterday. He is still playing the game at a very high level. Uh, he is one of the members of the Ville TBT team. So I'm looking forward to it. Should be fun. Russ Smith, Peyton Siva, some other former Cardinals. Uh, we'll see how things play out. And if uh, this uh, group of primarily UofL alumni could figure out how to make a run to the Final Four in Dayton and ultimately set themselves up to play in a championship game for $1 million. Also, really cool is the Elam ending. We talked some about it yesterday with Coach Lieberman, the coach of the Ville TBT team. You know, the, the scoreboard, the, the time goes away. Uh, there's a target score set. Every game essentially finishes with a last-second shot. It's exciting all the way down to the end. Adds a whole other element to things. I don't know that I'd want to see it in college basketball or pro basketball, but in this sort of summer event, it's really different. It's really neat, and I like it. I think it definitely has a place in basketball uh, in situations like this for sure. So the TBT tonight in Louisville, if you're looking for uh, some basketball tonight, you got the TBT. If you're interested in some Little League baseball, some good baseball locally, meaningful baseball, you want to see people compete and go hard for it, the Little League State Championship game tonight at Jeffersonville will be a lot of fun as well. Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you're looking for an icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce Fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's and shoot us a text, 502-414-1450. It can be anything you want to send in. IU basketball, IU football, Big Ten football, media days, the Ville and the TBT, HYR. Send them a good luck message in the state championship game tonight. That number, 502 414 1450. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back to talk IU basketball and football. I promise we're going to talk football today. Uh, we'll talk about the Big Ten Media Days as well, which begins tomorrow, although Indiana's time at the podium is not scheduled until Thursday. There'll be a lot of football headlines over the next couple days from the Big Ten Conference, and we'll talk about some of those things with an IU lean after this with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Tuesday program. The Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. 
Again, 502-414-1450. If you have a question or a comment on IU basketball or football, send them in and uh, we'll get them on the air. Because right now, Mike Schumann, editor of The Daily Hoosier, thedailyhoosier.com, at daily underscore Hoosier on social media, is with us to talk all things IU sports. And Mike, let's start with football today. The Big Ten Media Days get underway tomorrow and an opportunity to learn a lot more about an Indiana team, I think even guys like you that cover the team on a daily basis, uh, there are still some question marks about who the quarterback is going to be. And with all the new faces and departures from last season, what exactly is this team going to look like? So an opportunity to, I think for all of us, to learn a lot more about Tom Allen's plans over the next couple of days. Yeah, at least it's step one in starting to learn more about this team. I, I don't know how revealing Coach Allen will be on Thursday when we get him for an extended period of time. I think it might be the kind of the longest media session we get with him at any point in the entire year. I think it's like a full 45 minutes, and it's pretty much wide open, so you can throw anything at him. And it's, and he's really good about answering just about anything. But um, I'd expect him to tell us who the starting quarterback is going to be because I'm not sure he really knows at this point either. But... You know, he will give some good insights and good nuggets to the extent that 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 he's ready to share some things. So we'll see exactly what comes out of this week. But then we've got fall camp starting uh, soon thereafter. So we'll we'll start to find out much more about this team. Mike, can you handicap the football quarterback race a little bit for us? Give us the options and maybe who you perceive as the front runner at this point, if if you have any idea. I will be the first to admit I I have no idea, and that's based on you know being at spring practice, uh, you know talking to people. It's just it seems like it's legitimately an open competition at this point. Now, if if Indiana follows their normal pattern when they've been in this situation, they're going to want to have it figured out. You know, two weeks before the start of the season. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean there'll be an announcement or anything like that. There wasn't last year. People remember. Oh, it went last year, it literally went down to Connor Bazelak walking out on the field for the first drive of the season for Indiana. That that was the extent to which Indiana let people know, and I think most people knew before then, uh, at least during warm-ups before the game, if nothing else. So it could come down to that again this year in terms of, you know, formally figuring things out. You know, those of us that go to the, the practices at fall camp, we we'll get some clues just based on who takes the first routes and things of that nature, uh, um, but but it's probably going to be mostly held under wraps. Um, you know, I you know Taven Jackson. I think if you if you put a gun to my head, I'd, I'd give him the edge. But I think it's you know maybe it's like fifty one forty nine at this point in time. I, I just don't think it's clear. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, talking some IU football preseason Big Ten football poll from the media. In the Big Ten East of seven teams, Indiana was seventh in the poll. Michigan, number one, Ohio State, two, Penn State, three, Maryland, four, Michigan State, five, Rutgers just ahead of the Hoosiers at the number six spot. I tell you what, going through that list, it's just a reminder how tough the Big Ten East division is. Uh, Michigan and Ohio State expected to be in some order at the top of that division this year and really at the top of the conference as well. But Indiana, not a lot of confidence from the media that covers the Big Ten at least. Yeah, definitely not. I would say I was surprised somewhat in terms of how that poll ultimately played out just in terms of the extent to which 
Indiana was kind of buried down in that seventh spot in the East. I think, you know, I think most people recognize that, you know, they're, they're not going to contend with Ohio State and Michigan at Penn State at the top, but there's those other three opponents, uh, Maryland, Rutgers, and, and this year Michigan State's thought to be kind of down there there as well that, that Indiana has to be able to compete with and has to, to win a couple of those games uh, to, to get themselves into bull contention, and, and there's just not a lot of confidence from the media at this point that, that they can get that done. Now, now, what I will say is, you know, they they didn't have much faith in Indiana going into 2020, um, and they they turned it around, and they did have a lot of faith in Indiana going into 2021, and Indiana obviously disappointed. So a lot of it's based on prior year, although as we've already kind of alluded to here, there's a lot of unknowns with Indiana right now. I think that's the thing that stands out to me the most about this team just in years past you could look up and down the roster and there's a lot of known quantities beyond quarterback but this year there's position battles throughout a lot of uncertainty on the o-line a lot of uncertainty throughout the defense and and i think until that stuff starts to get sorted out we're we're not going to have a clear sense of just who this team is mike i'm curious this season what would progress look like for indiana at this point uh, obviously, the 2020 season, there was all sorts of hope, and it was a good good year for Indiana, but some very disappointing seasons since. What would progress be for Tom Allen and his staff this season based on what we know about the quarterback situation, about all the new incoming faces that are new to the program this year? Uh, any win total or anything stand out to you that would signal things are heading in the right direction this season? I mean, obviously everybody wants the answer to be that they get six wins and get back to a bowl game. I think that might be kind of the the uh, top range of goals or expectations when it comes to, to progress. Just the, the schedule just doesn't stack up for that to be what I would call a realistic option. I think if you look at Vegas odds for over-unders on win totals, you're, you're looking at like in the three to four range. Um so, you know, I would say first and foremost is being more competitive in some of these games. Like Ohio State has absolutely throttled Indiana the last few times that they've played. Um, it hasn't been particularly close in some of the other games as well. So being competitive in more games, kind of getting the defense back on track, um, which is kind of what, you know, Tom Allen, when he had some early success, both as a defensive coordinator and when he took over as head coach, the defense is really the defining aspect of, of the team, and it's really take, taken a step back over the last couple of years. And really, you know, some, some of that admittedly is due to poor O line play and poor quarterback play, just kind of keeping the defense on the field for what feels like an eternity. But they've got to get that identity back, and so I think that would be part of it too. You know, if, if they're going into November at least, you know, in the conversation. For six wins, you know, I know the schedule gets much more difficult as the season progresses, but if they're at least in that conversation and you've got those games against the likes of Illinois and Purdue out there where you can at least legitimately say, you know, those are going to be tough road games, but if they win them, they're in the hunt. You know, I think that that would be progress going into a 2024 season where you no longer have divisions. The schedule lets up a little bit. I think people could be okay with that because I think 2024, because of the end of the division format and, um, you know, because of an easier schedule, I think that's going to be a really defining season. 
for, for Tom Allen for, for those factors. If, if he's got three straight non-bowl seasons, three straight losing records, going into a year next year where he's got uh, a little bit of a let-up, relatively speaking, from a Big Ten standpoint, that's going to be a major season for him to, to show significant progress. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, starting our conversation today on IU football and the Big Ten Media Days coming up uh, next uh, right over the next couple of days. Indiana scheduled to appear on Thursday. I'll tell you one of the highlights for me, Mike, as far as IU football goes, is Jalen Lucas. He is so exciting to watch. Last year named the Big Ten Return Specialist of the Year and a first-team All-Big Ten member. I think this year he has a chance to top what he did last year and maybe become a young star in college football. Uh, His health, his progress, his development, him staying on the field is going to be a big deal, I think, for Tom Allen's club. Yeah, you you hit on what could end up being the biggest part of it, just staying on the field because – um, he, he's not going to be under wraps this year. He's not going to be a secret either. Everybody's going to know that he's an integral part of the game plan when they face Indiana. I thought Allen said something interesting last week on a podcast. He said that he's going to have Lucas on a pitch count, so to speak, but not, not in the baseball sense of a pitch count where he's got a number and he, he's not going to get any more touches beyond that. It's They're, they're kind of setting up four for his number of touches. Like They, they want to find a way to get the ball in his hands a minimum number of times every game. And they're going to have a lot of different ways to do that. He's going to be, you know, lining up in the backfield as a running back. I think you're going to see him, you know, either catching balls on third downs or lining up in the slot a lot. Allen has said he's going to, in addition to returning kickoffs, he's going to return punts as well. So so he's just going to be a guy that's everywhere. And, um, you know, that just goes to, you know, he, he's small, he's, I don't know what his legitimate height is, but he is just not a big guy at all. So you do worry about whether or not he can stay healthy. He's certainly good at avoiding hits, so that'll be something in his favor. But um, he's a game-changer for sure. And one of the things I do plan to ask Alan uh, on Thursday when we get him is, you know, beyond the number of touches they want him to get, you know, how effective can he be as a decoy on the field? I mean, everybody knows Jalen Lucas is the guy IU wants to get the football in the hands of, but, you know, so he's going to have eyeballs all over him. They're probably going to use him in a lot of different ways where he doesn't get the ball just to get the defense, you know, moving or looking in the wrong direction. So I think that's going to be an interesting aspect of it as well. But leave it to to say uh, he's going to get – He's going to be on the field almost every play except maybe field goals and kickoffs would be my guess. Talking to Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, anything else as far as across the overall conference that you're uh, going to be paying attention to the next few days? Is there a team outside of Ohio State, Michigan, I guess depending on what order you see them in, that you're curious about? Any other Big Ten takeaways you'll be looking for the next few days? Well, I mean, I know I, I try to stay focused on what I think IU fans are interested in, so I'll, I'll probably, you know, sneak over to the Purdue side of things a little bit just because they've got the new coaching situation there, and I, I think that's interesting. Um, you know, they're coming off a, a really successful season under Jeff Brown, but obviously he's moved on to, to Louisville and will obviously face IU here in a few weeks or uh, in September. Uh, so just that coaching change there and what the expectations are, I think – you know, based on that media poll you referenced, the the view is that I or that Purdue's probably going to take a step back this year. Although they're recruiting uh, out to twenty twenty four 
with what looks like to be a, uh, a good deal of success. So, so that's something I'm always interested in, just kind of what the, the mood and the vibe is around that program because I know IU fans care a lot. And then, you know, like like I mentioned, just the Big Ten East, the, the, the guys that Indiana can legitimately contend with in the Big Ten East, uh, the, the Rutgers, the Maryland, uh, and Michigan States, uh, just kind of where, where those programs are at and kind of, you know, what Indiana's, do they really have a legit chance to compete with those teams? I mean, obviously Rutgers is the, the one you absolutely have to, to get on top of, but, you know, they've got Michigan State coming into Bloomington this year after beating them up there last year, so that's another one you look at and think that they can pull off. So those are the things I, I focus on primarily. Um, you know, I think at the at the top, the people that cover the the league more holistically that you know they're they're trying to figure out who's going to win the michigan ohio state game or they're both going to go into that game undefeated again um can penn state somehow break through and sneak in there and then you know there's wisconsin with with luke fickle coming in and who who's a heck of a coach and i i if you if you press me for who i think is going to be kind of a dominant Big Ten team kind of a, on the up and coming over the next decade, that that would be the one who's going to have a, I have a heck of a lot of respect for him as a coach and what he did at Cincinnati. So so that that's something to watch as well. All right, Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. Let's transition in to some basketball conversation. Anthony Walker is now in Bloomington. The team is intact, we think, for the upcoming season. Oh, to be a fly on the wall in Assembly Hall or Cook Call and see some of the uh, scrimmaging, the open gyms, the workouts that are going on. It would be neat to know some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. Really, all we get this time of year is an occasional picture or video from Cliff Marshall of workouts and weights and some of the grueling things that are going on, but to see the basketball would be a lot of fun. I keep forgetting about the Fan Fest deal coming up in August. I guess there will be some sort of brief scrimmage associated with that, so that might be the first on-the-court opportunity that you and I and fans have uh, to see this team for the upcoming season. Yeah, no doubt about it. You got that. Right now you got a lot of, as you mentioned, behind-the-scenes stuff going on. Um, you know, the, the the things I would like to be able to, to watch would be, for example, you know, how does David Johnson looks? He says he's 100%, and, the, and, then, and, and I believe that. And, you know, just watching him go up with a, a true freshman and Gabe Cups, uh, you know, everything I know about Gabe is he's, Highly competitive, as is Xavier Johnson, but you're talking about like a five-year age difference there. So that would be a heck of a lot of fun to watch. Um, I'm sure it's kind of trial by fire and a, and a lot of growing pains for, for Gabe, but also a great ex- opportunity and experience for him to get to go up against somebody like that on an everyday basis. And then I've got on my screen right now, there's a press conference with uh, Caleb Banks. Uh, I, I think he's a really interesting uh, situation because he's you know he's competing with McKenzie and Baco and another situation where it's just you know really good opportunities for guys to to battle against each other. I think there's a lot of good competition like that going on right now um, that that's going to ultimately serve everyone well down the road. So you know I think adding Anthony Walker to that mix as you mentioned uh, this week, you know I just I, I I continue to think Indiana's loaded in their front court. Um, it, it's just all comes down to a question of can they make three-point shots at, at a high volume. I think they've got some guys that can shoot the basketball, but you know, do they, do they have volume shooters that can space the floor for 
you know, for Xavier Johnson and for that pretty talented front court that they have. Is shooting once again the biggest topic and unknown surrounding this team, or is there another issue you would pinpoint at this point of the offseason as maybe the biggest challenge for IU basketball? I think it is shooting. It's not quite the same as it's been in other years where you just look up and down the rosters and you think, man, I just don't know that they have anybody that can shoot the ball. I think they've got guys that can shoot. You talk about Xavier Johnson, who's been above 37% his two years at Indiana. You know, Trey Galloway obviously made a huge jump last year. Um, you know, Cups can shoot it and Baco can shoot it. Khalil Ware can shoot it. Um, so so there, there's no doubt that there's guys that can shoot the basketball. The question is really volume in my mind because there is there's a big difference between being a guy that can, you know, stand out on the perimeter and catch, catch a kick out from the post and shoot the basketball and being able to create shots, uh, you know, on the move, coming off of screens, off the dribble, um, that that is where you get real volume to, to three point shooters. We saw that a little bit with Miller Cop last year, where he was really good standing in the corner catching kickouts from Trace Jackson Davis, but he couldn't create his own shot. And, it, and Indiana wasn't really running things for him to come off of screens to get three pointers. So, so it was limited volume, and I think you've got that again this year where I just don't know that they have anybody on that roster that I look at anyway and think, man, that guy is going to create six to eight good looks from three every game. So that that's the big question in my mind. And if, if you don't have that, then it, you become easier to defend, and that that's the concern. Mike Schumann, The Daily Hoosier, with us on Tuesdays. Uh, college basketball academies going on right now. I had forgotten that they weren't over the weekend. They actually go into this week as well. Um, it's different than what they have been. I, it used to be an individual camp-type format. It looks like this year they are grouped by their travel team. If I guess it, if they were invited, I'm not sure exactly the process. But any update on how those are going? And I saw some of the IU assistant coaches had been down in the Memphis regional camp, I believe. But any updates from some of that stuff? Yeah, I think that's the main one that has Indiana uh, targets attending it. It's a really cool facility in Memphis. They had the EYBL there uh, back on Memorial Day weekend. It's it's probably the neatest facility I've seen in terms of just um, uh, probably roughly 16 courts, just a really cool facility. So if people are in that area or ever want to go check out uh, elite high school talent, that, that would be a place I would certainly recommend to do it. But, you know, I think we may have talked about this last week in terms of these camps, uh, this particular one, um, you know, there was a question, how well would it really be attended? And um, I think what I'm seeing is it's more kind of underclassmen, like 2025s, 2026s. Uh, I think the, the kind of the elite 2024s are, are, have kind of had enough, <laughs> if you will. Um, some of those guys have been going on the road nonstop for two and three months, and there's a clear shift now. You're seeing a lot in the last few weeks of people, you know, pivoting to the recruitment, you know, starting to schedule visits, starting to, to name their, their final or top groups, and, and you're certainly seeing that with Indiana targets. You know, we saw Austin Swartz and, and Honor Bating, uh last week both both name Indiana in their top eights. Um, so, so I think that's where we're pivoting to. This is just a, kind of that one last live period event where some guys that are maybe younger or a bit under the radar can still get a look. 
All right, Mike Schumann, final question for you. I get this a lot. I'm not exactly how to, how, sure how to answer it, so we'll see how you do. Uh, IU fans want to know, in 2024, who are some of the biggest targets? There aren't really any in-state guys that are local. Flory Badunga is going elsewhere, it seems. Um, who is Indiana focusing in on the most? Is, is there anything you can share or tell after the July evaluation periods? Man, I, I probably could have paid you to ask me that question because I'm getting ready here in the next next couple of hours to to publish something that goes through what I would what I'm calling Indiana's main 13 targets at this point. I think there's 13 guys left. You know, obviously to varying degrees of involvement, um, varying degrees of prioritization, but 13 guys that I would say IU is still recruiting to some extent in the class of 2024 uh, as you said not not in-state guys um if i have to pick somebody of that group of 13 that i think they have the best chance to land it's liam mcneely who's a five-star small forward uh texas native attends montford academy the reason i think that is because he scheduled a second official visit to iu in september he also took one in september 2022 i really can't tell you the last time that an out-of-state kid like that, and, you know, out-of-state is, he's really out-of-state. Texas is a long trip. Um, I can't tell you the last time somebody's scheduled a second official visit like that and not picked Indiana. That, you know, it, it, if nothing else, it's a major indicator that he's very serious about IU. Um, he, he said in an article this week on, that he wants to, Watch some college basketball in November just to see how teams are playing. I think I think he could be really specifically focused on how IU utilizes McKenzie and Baco because I think they're very similar players in a lot of respects. Uh, and, and so he said he, he does want to watch some college basketball, so it may not be a quick decision for him. But he did say he wants to have it wrapped up by the end of the calendar year. So he, he's one that, that I would say uh, Derek Queen, his teammate at Montverde, a center, uh, is another uh, who's talking about a return visit to IU, and if he makes that return visit, I'd put that same label on him as being highly likely. Um, but he's also got a lot of other interests. Another five-star Maryland is is probably the, the toughest competition there. Uh, but, but those are two that stand out, but I'm going to go through all 13, and I ask people to, to come and take a look here in, in a few hours. All right, Mike Schumann, The Daily Hoosier. Great work at thedailyhoosier.com. So appreciative of your time Tuesdays when you're with us, Mike, and we'll talk with you again next week. Okay, Matt. Sounds great. Always enjoy it. For sure. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with a final quick segment to wrap up our Tuesday program. Stay with us. This is The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach, who got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Tuesday program, final quick segment of the program. Caleb Banks uh, just met with the media on Zoom. I did not get a chance to 
listened to it yet, but uh, he was asked what the coaches wanted him to focus on this offseason. He said, quote, they wanted me to take that big step next year. The flashes I showed last season, they just want me to build off of that. He also named Trey Galloway, Xavier Johnson, and Anthony Leal as those who have stepped up as leaders of this team this offseason. And he was asked about returning to his home state of Georgia and playing Auburn next season in Atlanta. He said, quote, I'm very, very excited about that game. That's going to be a big moment for me and my family. So neat to see Caleb get an opportunity to update things in the off season, And it sounds like based on what the coaches have told him and based on what he is working on, he expects to make a big jump for this upcoming season. So Caleb Banks uh, meeting with the media just earlier during our program. Also, uh, HYR Highlander Youth Recreation Little League, good luck tonight to them as they compete for a 12-year-old major division state championship trying to get to Great Lakes and the regional. And, of course, who knows, maybe eventually play on ESPN at the Little League World Series in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, if they could find a way to win the game tonight. But definitely, um, good luck. Always great to see the tradition of great teams in District 5 continue. And HYR has been exactly that this summer. And we'll see if they can get the job done tonight over at Jeffersonville in the major division state championship game. They will take on Bedford Little League tonight. That's going to wrap things up for our Tuesday program. Back with you Wednesday, Dustin Dopierak of the Indianapolis Star and Josh Cook on local sports and high school football from the News and Tribune tomorrow. That's what our program looks like. Until then, have a great Tuesday. Back with you Wednesday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.